Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs seeking knowledge, purpose, and community. Brought to you by creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, every episode is recorded at our headquarters in Niceville, Florida. We're excited to share our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors, all willing to share with you their diverse wisdom and experience. So happy to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke. And for the past two years, we have collected stories and experiences from creative entrepreneurs just basically everywhere. Anybody that we could talk to who has a great idea. And Kelsey on our team went to college with our next guest. And I'm so excited because the foundation of her entrepreneurial journey is really through storytelling. You guys are going to love her so much. I'm not even going to try to dig into her bio without without getting started here because it's so cool. But welcome, Deandra Roberts. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Yeah, so it's Deandra. Deandra, that's beautiful. Thank you. Everyone butchers my name. Uh, what, how do you oh. pronounce yours? Chantel. Chantel, okay, yeah. So very simple, but I get Chantel, I get Till, which I like the best. Um, so, um, under the sun, yeah. I'm <laughs> well, and, you know, I have found, you know, before doing these interviews, I'll get, I'll ask that question. But it's so interesting because now I ask it after I start the interviews because it's such a great education experience for other people to hear Mm -hmm. the proper way to pronounce someone's name. It's so important. Yeah, I love that. I've never thought about trying to educate people in that way on names and things like that. But it's such a smart idea to do it after the interview starts so that people can see. So I love that. Yeah, I'm gr- thank you for being a part of that experiment. Like, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because you would think, I mean, obviously everyone if, and if from a certain perspective has their name, but your Hillary on our team has a unique spelling of her name and she gets all kinds of stuff too. And sometimes we just get like, you know what? It's fine. It's not fine. I think it's totally our job to educate people on how to properly pronounce our names. So I was literally just thinking about that this morning. I was like, well, how do you correct people on a recurring basis? Because it takes some people a minute. So yeah. how do you correct people on a recurring basis or when you're in meetings with a lot of people on? Like, how do you do that? So anyway, it's crazy that they're having this conversation now because it was on my mind this morning. <laughs> well, if you have any good tips for that, let me know. Because sometimes <laughs> I feel like I correct people too much with my name and I've gotten a couple of like eye rolls and it's like, you know what? No, this is really important to me. I know I have a difficult name, but it's, it's important that we, that you get it right to me. Yeah, and, the thing so. is that it's not even difficult. It's just something that people aren't familiar with. And so right. if they have a familiar name, they don't have to go through the hassle, but a lot of more and more people, I would say are having to get to the point where they would correct people because n- names are getting more unique. So correct them every time. I just have to figure it out myself. <laughs> yeah, correct them every time. And people are becoming, like you said, just more creative. And I want to segue into your story here because I just fell in love with your, with everything from your website. I fell in love with your founder bio. I think you have such a cool story, your business, which is called a life to share. I'm not even going to try to unpack this. Will you please tell us about your business a little bit, explain to us what you do and your background. Yeah. So 
I guess I'll start from the beginning. I was born and raised in Atlanta. That's where it will always be home for me. And when it was time for me to go to college, I really struggled to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I feel like 18 is just too young <laughs> to make that type of decision. So I really had a hard time. But I went to school at LSU. And while I was there, I had a counselor that told me, like, just find the things that you don't want to do. And then you can start to narrow it down. So I was narrowing it down and I decided on journalism, public relations. Like I loved, loved, loved writing and I loved being able to tell stories. So with public relations specifically, you get a chance to think about somebody's brand and find the best story within that and tell that story for them. So that was really appealing to me. So I went on to public relations. It was my career. It still is my career, I guess you would say day to day. But what I really realizes that I there was more missing. There was more that I wanted to do, more that I wanted to be able to showcase. You know, I feel like a lot of people can probably relate. There's just something deep down in you where you feel like something's missing. And so I knew that I loved like hearing other people's stories. Like I said, my family specifically was very interesting from what I've been heard or what I've heard through the grapevine. And so with loving family history and things like that, I just really realized how many stories left this earth along with my grandparents. I lost all four of them before I turned 18. And that was really hard because along with, of course, missing them, so much of their lives, which what I, from what I hear, of course, was really interesting. And I wish I would have been able to ask the right questions from my perspective. My parents asked what they knew, but sometimes we just don't know how to ask or what to ask. And so I was having a little bit of this quarter life crisis where I'm like, oh, I wish I would have asked these questions. And I just vowed that I, would, that I wasn't going to do that with my own parents. So with the world on pause during the pandemic, <laughs> I talked to my parents I got to know them aside from the fact that they you know they birthed me but you just don't think about your parents and the fact that they had lives before you so I just realized the lives that they lived and how much I didn't know about them and so I just continued with that I did some extended family members stories and then I started telling friends about it and they would say like, oh, can you tell me what questions you asked or can you write the story for me? You can interview them. And so I realized there was a real need here. There was a lot of people that felt like they didn't know their families in the way that they really wanted to. So I created a life to share. And so we make it easier quicker and more affordable than some of the options that you may see out there today to document your family's life stories. So long-winded way of me saying how I got here. <laughs> I feel like that's so beautiful. A couple of things just where I learned a little bit more just from like reading your website, obviously, and Kelsey grabbing me a little bit on who you were and this idea. There's so much, especially now, well, first of all, so many creative individuals found a way during the pandemic. That is such a phenomenal example of, you know, and we've talked about this before on our podcast, how many creative businesses were really birthed out of the pandemic and are really, and continue to thrive because it forced us into this space to be innovative and to utilize our skill set in ways that were more along the lines of survivability at that time. And so I love that this was, you know, everything was on pause, but you kept going. This yeah. is a really field moment for you. So 
and beautiful. And what a great idea. You know, our agency is named after my grandparents and really the foundational core elements of our like guiding principles are things that they taught us. And I never thought of creating, and you can go to a life to share's website is so beautiful. A life to share LLC.com. And we're going to share that again at the end, but I love your examples and the storybooks that you put together. I had looked through your different plans. I'm like, oh my God, why would I even take this on myself? You obviously are a beautiful writer. Like just have you guys do it and produce this amazing product. But I had never even heard of this concept before. What inspired you to really, to take that idea of, oh man, I'm just missing these stories and I don't want these stories to be lost and translate them into this digital product. It's just so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So when I was trying to do it for my own parents, I started looking for options, right? Like, how can I do this? My family is very large and I knew I was going to want to expand to my larger family at some point. And I just couldn't find anything. I found one option and it was so expensive. I was just like, I cannot afford this if I tried at this moment. <laughs> so I, I just realized like things are just way too difficult to find the help that you need for this. And then the, like I said, one option I did find was so expensive. Like you shouldn't have to pay this much to tell your own story. It's my life story. It's my family's life story. So because I was having such a hard time, and again, I knew that there was a need for it and that people wanted it. I said, well, I can do this. I love writing. I love storytelling. Like I can help people do this and I can do it at, in a way that is more affordable for them in a way that's quicker for them. It's just easy. So just try to find different ways to make the writing process easy. So for example, my mom, she does not want to talk through everything. She's very introspective and just kind of wants to think on her own time. So with our story prompter that I created, she was able to go in and answer the questions. The story prompter guided her through the writing process. So I asked her the right questions based off of how she answered the ones before it. So a very intuitive way of doing it. And then my dad, he is not gonna type anything. <laughs> he doesn't wanna type anything. He wants to talk through it. So offering interview services for people that want that option as well. So try to just come up with a variety of ways to make the process easier for people. That's so interesting and very custom and really speaks to everybody is different, but everybody has a story to share. Yes. I loved your about page and I love that this is so deeply rooted in storytelling and it just gives me hope that there are still new ideas that people haven't thought of yet. You know, I mean, cause you're just not, we don't run into a whole lot of new ideas. And I was going through your website. I'm like, okay, literally never seen anything like this before. never heard of anything like this. I mean, I've heard of like people call like, what is it? Uh, curating photos, like family photos into digital album, albums or whatever, but really getting the story piece mm-hmm. is so critical. And then having a platform, these prompts that allow you to even open dialogue with older members of your family that maybe you don't necessarily have a purpose for. I mean, when I go home to Kentucky, I sit down with my grandfather every single time, my papa, who's Roy, who's the Roy in France story. Okay. Who is like the OG storyteller in our family, right? Some of it is not true, maybe, but like, <laughs> some of it is pretty amazing. And we kind of go through the same 
process where he takes out his box of photos and he tells me about each person. And he always has these photos. He's like, I don't know who this person is. And he like, but we do the same thing over and over again. I am 100% the next time I can even be with him going to do this because that interaction will be gone if yeah. something happens to him or something ha- you know happens to me. I don't know that he does that with any other members in our family. So it really is this formula for the original storyteller, but then also the prompter, the person in the family is like, I'm going to preserve and, and be a historian here. Yes. And we have to be historians, right? Yeah. Like- think about it the you can look at ancestry dna or 23 and me and people find out information about where they come from but they have to go back and dig for it and it, yeah. it may or may not be true they are changing the formula for ancestry dna all the time so one day i know i was 90 percent Ghanaian, and the next day i was only 60 percent. so it changes because yeah. we're just trying to leverage what's in front of us but if we have if we're proactive and we document these stories then the next generation won't have to dig so hard and they know that what they're getting is right because it came from the mouths of the people that lived it so that's why it's so important to me is just making sure that these stories don't go away because they're so important to us not just because of the hard things that people lived through but also the lessons and joys that they experience like you want to be able to relive that and again just know where you came from I love that and so how could once one of your life to share books is made and it's mm-hmm. a digital book. What do you suggest that people do with it afterwards? I mean, do we, sh- do you share it? Does it become a part of a digital library for your family? Like what, what happens to it then? What's the activation look like? Yeah. So once the book is created, we provide eBooks with all of our plans. So every mm-hmm. single plan an ebook is provided. And that's because people have family members that live all over the world. Wow. <laughs> so, we encourage them to share it, to make sure you pass it along and preserve that link so that you can always know where to go from and read this story. We also have hardcover book options for people. So if you want that hardcover book, if you want something that you can tangibly hold on to or gift to somebody, then we encourage people to do that also. So named it A Life to Share for a reason. So we want people to really share these stories and be transparent about it. Like what were the hard things that you lived through? What were the easy things that you just were so excited about or the joys that you experienced? And we want people to have that dialogue. So again, to answer your question, first encouraging people to share it distribute the link to everybody, distribute the hardcover book to whoever you feel like you really needs to hear this story or would benefit from hearing it and then have a conversation. That's so beautiful. And I love the eBooks because they have the sound of the pages turning in them and even just, you know, having the option. What an incredible gift. I know some members of my family listen to this, but everybody's getting this. It's <laughs> just such a cool concept and don't do it before me because I found it. So like my sister, my brother, like, this is, this is my thing. This is what everybody's getting. So this is your yes. right now. <laughs> yes. This is really cool. And I had, I don't know, years ago picked up the, this book that I found at Barnes and Noble or whatever, that was like the story of us, but I'm not going to sit there and write that. And I, it's still blank. It's still blank in my, in my story book. And I'm not a scrapbooker and I don't even really like digital really for me is the way to go. What a beautiful way to, you know, 
I think you can activate people who are not very organized. Exactly. And that was the thing. Like I said, it's very, it's such a daunting task to think about telling someone's life story. (laughs) You lived a lot of life. A lot of people that I interview are, of course, older. I do have younger customers, but the older ones, I mean, 80 years, that's a lot of life to live. And trying to document that is very daunting for a lot of people. And so being able to find a way to help them organize their thoughts and get it done in a way that's quick. You don't want to leave anything out, right? So you don't want it to rush it. But you do want it to be something that is quick so that you can move forward and start sharing and having the conversations. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey a little bit more. Sure. And did you ever see yourself starting your own thing? I mean, it's so interesting because I think a lot of us, we start in like journalism or marketing or PR or whatever, and you really are that support person, but the creativity is there. And if you don't have a way to really get that, like you said, you could feel it like it's something missing inside of you. This need, this like constant like need to create and to birth something is there for a lot of creatives. Is there anything that you would do different? I mean, did you even see this coming for yourself? No, it really, I just, I really didn't see it coming. I knew that, like I said, there was something missing and Mm -hmm. I was praying about it. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I just know God, there is something missing. I just cannot figure out what it is. And it just, it came to me and I, it's like a light bulb went off. It really is. I'm like, okay, I felt it like physically felt it like this is what I'm meant to do. So I didn't necessarily see it coming, but I am so grateful that through prayer and just being able to have the gifts of writing and storytelling and people that supported me in it, that it's been able to come to this. So entrepreneurship is not an easy journey. I will say that it has been a process of learning because I definitely have the creative side, like you said, but into finances and looking at all that, that is, (laughs) that is way out of my wheelhouse. So it's been a journey, but it's also been really exciting to see like more of what I'm capable of with the help of the people surrounding me. Well, that's amazing. It's, it's so funny how many creative entrepreneurs I talk to, they're like, I have the design skills or I have this or that, but it's like, oh my gosh, I'm learning QuickBooks. I want to die. I, you know, this is not in my wheelhouse. I hate this, but it's such a necessary part, obviously of the process and, or, you know, however you're doing all these things. And ultimately some of the, the really great moments in building our business were the times where I could push that off to another person that had a greater skill set than I did. But it was that first like one to three years. Yes. You're in it to win it. Yeah, it is a grind. I wrote a LinkedIn article not too long ago about how entrepreneurs have to be the jack of all trades. And typically what follows that is master of none. But in entrepreneurship, you have to be master of all of those things. You have to yes. be a trade of all trades and you also have to be a master of all of them. You have to juggle everything. So I think that it's a growing experience and it's an exciting experience that I think that I'm going to look back on, like you said, in one to three years and say, oh, I'm so glad I can outsource this, but at least I know what I'm doing if I have to ever do it again. <laughs> So I'm so glad that you brought, I recently read somewhere about the origin of that Jack of all trades, master of none thing. Have you seen that? I haven't. So it really is, it's always cut. So most people hear a Jack of all trades is a master of none and then that stops, Mm -hmm. but the full 
build out. And the origin of that is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Hmm. And you never hear that other part. Oh, why do they cut? <laughs> See how they cut out the rest of it to try to make you. <laughs> game changer, right? Yeah, that is definitely a game changer. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because I was just reading that the other day. I was like, excuse me, that is important. People need to hear that because I, I think you get this feeling when you're, you're not, especially in our field, in a field that is innately creative, if you don't have that one brilliant skill, Mm-hmm. that just shines bright that you just don't have as much but in reality when you're the person that is a little bit good at everything it can be so much more valuable than just having one masterful skill a hundred percent and then you don't place all of your worth and all of your attention on this one thing like you right. feel like you realize that you're capable of so much more when you really branch out and try new things so yeah I did not know that I was so you just taught me something new today <laughs> well I just learned it the other day and then you brought it up. I was like oh my gosh this is something that we all need to be sharing because it's I think we get this it's ingrained in us when we're really small children like what is your gift Mm-hmm. you know what is your gift are you a good writer are you good at drawing are you you know what are you good at or what are you great at right, right. what are you going to be the best at when in reality the world is not run on people who have individual masterful skills really right. right and at the end of the day I think we all need to feel very validated and feel like what we contribute to the world is so much more than enough than even we realized so absolutely it's so funny you say that because I just interviewed someone else last week and she was telling me that when she was younger like she didn't know what she wanted to do and she really struggled and then when she was I think she said maybe 50 or 60 or something like that she just said like I'm gonna go take a wood class like I'm gonna take a wood class and now she sells all of these beautiful like wood pins and things like that and she I mean, is amazing at it. And she literally 50 or 60 years old is when she discovered that gift. So sometimes things are buried deep inside of us and we just have to wait for them to surface. So well said. (laughs) So well said. Well, you were absolutely delightful. Brilliant, a brilliant writer. So much to add to the world. I would love to revisit this a year and see where a life may just get this correct because I'm the kind of person that likes to add small words in. So I don't want to jack up like you're the name yeah. of your business, but a life to share. Cause I would have said a life to be shared and yeah. then messed up. So a life to share. I really, I'm so, I cannot wait to follow you religiously. And I would love to read your LinkedIn article, but how delightful it is to talk to you today. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I learned so much from these conversations, just as I hope other people learn from me. So I appreciate you having me and I'd love to follow up in a year. <laughs> that would be great. Well, I know you guys are listening and going, this is such a brilliant idea for a gift or I need it for my family or whatever. So a life to share LLC.com. We are going to link everything with all of the Everything that goes out, emails, posts that goes out with this episode. We're also going to link your LinkedIn article as well, because I think that would be super interesting. So we'll link that. And if you have any questions, you can email them to us. Hello at FrancisRoy.com. We'll be with you next week with another brilliant and inspiring entrepreneurial story. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. 